Since 1965, the ACEC Life Health Trust has provided innovative health care benefits and services to ACEC member firms. We offer a variety of benefits to meet the unique needs of your firm, including fully insured, level funded, stop loss, and ancillary products. Visit our website at aceclifehealthtrust.com to learn more about our affordable employee benefit options for ACEC member firms. Backed by the financial strength of the ACEC Life Health Trust. Welcome to the Engineering Influence Podcast. My name is Allison Schneider, and today I'm joined by Connie Taggart, Director of HR with Wright Pierce, and Ann Harney, Senior Vice President of HR with Collins Engineers. The topic du jour here at the Forum for HR has been workforce. We're hearing it from every corner of the country. Can you give us a little historical perspective on how we got into this crunch? I think it's two things, actually. The infrastructure bill being passed is one. Um, and then two is there were so many engineers that we lost probably from the Great Recession. So none of the firms have those employees or those engineers between, what were we saying? About 10, 10 to, to 20. 10 to 20 years. Um, and what a surprising statistic we heard yesterday with the infrastructure bill is we're going to need 82,000 engineers. And there are just as, not as many students going into engineering. And that's 82,000 on top of the engineers that we already need. We were already experiencing a shortage. You mentioned the infrastructure bill. Delivering on that and making good on the promise, all of this excitement, all of these new projects is going to require staff. How are you approaching that at your firms? So um, I think we're trying to be creative. We're trying to present who we are as a company by giving a good story as far as what kind of experience the staff will have with us. The reality is with our industry, engineering is engineering. So we might have our own approach in doing certain things or a certain way, standards, things like that. But really, we're all doing the same thing. Um, so then it's deciding how do we tell who we are? How do we get folks to listen? Um, and, and then really have that interest to join us either from school or even for those who are experienced to really come forward and say, I'm ready to move from where I am and experience something a little different with another firm. Are you seeing that engineers want to move around and experience different firm cultures, try and find a fit for long term, or are they getting started with one firm and staying there for a while? My perspective is the newer engineers are more open to moving, yet you can't blame them because they are just testing the waters, seeing the kind of companies they want to uh, interact with or work for. You're more experienced, you know, 15, 20 plus year. It's got to be something compelling where they don't truly see a path forward in their career. You know, their, their supervisors are going to be there for many, many years. They don't see the opportunities. So that's when you might see your more experienced uh, individuals consider something. But it's a lot harder, and they're much more passive in their search. So it's, it's a lot more effort to try to recruit them. Do you have advice on what firms can do now to try and tackle this problem? Um, you know, trying to, like you mentioned, uh, and really trying to enhance 
internships. We're trying to promote individuals faster if they seem to have the drive and energy and willingness to push themselves outside of their comfort zone. I think uh, from that perspective, it's a lot of effort too, I think, in trying to provide additional training. Right. Agreed. And especially with the newer engineers and generations, they're very interested in what's in it for me. And so rewards, um, you know, growth opportunities, right. um, and are having to be a little bit more flexible, clearly with hybrid work schedules, all of those things. Right. If we're not providing that, uh, it's it's a tough, yeah. tough And stuff. I do think comp- um, your compensation really Absolutely. is the other part of it that we have had to go beyond what we might have been anticipated right. from that perspective. Because right. they expect a lot. So I, and I've noticed too with the younger engineers, the hybrid is not as important. Have you found that? Yeah, some. I think a lot of them, because maybe the locations that we're at, people have moved, and a lot of their friends and their social life is at work. So they were, I found in some of our locations, they were, they were ready to come back to work. And that may not be five days a week, but it's certainly four. Agreed. I think those yeah. that experienced college right. during COVID and then having that gap Right. Really made it right. much more interesting for them to try to get into the office. Right. Yet then we are challenged to make sure that we're bringing our senior staff exactly. in exactly. and have them available to be able to mentor, train, do all of the things that, you know, build those relationships that are hard to do just through Zoom. Zoom. Are you seeing that there is a divide in those who want to come back? We've heard about younger engineers wanting to be back, but managers, more senior engineers, being less inclined to come back into the office. There's some of it. I I do think, again, um, the one thing that we all learned during COVID, we could work remote and be successful with the work that we do. Yet, um, again, the interactions, the relationship building is lost, the mentorship um, and the leadership being able to have an impact, I think, is the big part that you forget when you're not sort of sitting. The new staff is not going to call their supervisor, um, you know, from home um, because they're fearful. I'm sure they're busy. I can't do this. Exactly. Um, all those things. And so they're going to try to maneuver through and find the answer. One topic you you touched on is the compensation piece, which it seems is hard to plan for as you're trying to retain this talent. Um, how are you seeing that factor into project selection? I think it it's moving to having to really review what that project is, deciding the value of it um, and uh, the opportunity for, you know, with that client, is it going to be the possibility of future projects? Um, is there uh, a, a good in-between where you can sort of be a little bit lower in the budget for that first right. project, but then understand you have a good opportunity for something bigger, um, you know, a wastewater treatment plant, whatever it is right. from that perspective. And I think uh, from that standpoint, it's it's trying to be selective to the project in some instances, or it's really trying to budget at a mm-hmm. higher level anticipating if it's a three-year project you're going to have to anticipate the increases that you put in is uh is higher than you might think 
um, but you've got to compensate for the fact your compensation is going to be higher for the staff that you're bringing in, both for internal staff that you already have and then for the recruiting staff that you're trying to get in from the outside. Well, this has been a really interesting conversation. I know that we could talk all day about workforce issues, and some of us do here at ACEC. But I really want to thank you, Anne and Connie, for coming on the podcast and being here with us at the forums. Thank you very much. Thank you.